talking about the life of Christ, and we are in a very famous passage of Scripture where he's teaching us through parables. And that's because we're too dumb to understand the plain truths. He's teaching us through parables. And right now, I want to say something to you. It's all about our priorities. That's exactly what these, these verses are about. It's about our priorities. And oh, if we could get our priorities straight. If we, if we could just understand how important it is to let Jesus rule our life. I would rather, I would rather have him at my side leading me, directing me through bad and good than I would rather be out there on my own making my own decisions, my own mistakes. This is Jesus again. How important are the important things in your life? Oh, Matthew 13, 45, if you're with me. Again, the kingdom of heaven. Now, there's a difference between the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven speaks of life now as well as later. How we live our life now with him at our side, with him at our hearts, leading and directing the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man. We would call him a businessman. Who's seeking goodly pearls. That was his business. Who when he had found one pearl of great price. Went and sold all that he had and bought it. Lord Jesus, you know what I want to say. Help me to say it. Lord, help me to help these, these people. And if they don't need this help, help, help them, Lord, to use this for others who need it. But Lord, thank you. This is such a simple lesson. It's so hard for us. So hard for us to get a handle on. Putting you first in our lives. The meaning of this parable is the same as with last week's parable, the hidden treasure found in the field. We talked about that last week. A man was walking in a field, found a tremendous treasure, went and bought that treasure, sold all that he had, and bought that field so that the treasure was his. So important for us to get hold of this because when we get to the end, we will realize Jesus is that pearl of great price. And if we had him first in our lives, seek ye first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. The hidden treasure found in the field last week and this week, both were spoken to impress the, the forcibly great truth unto the souls of us. Understanding we can have it all, but if we don't have that one pearl of great price, we have nothing. 
salvation <clears throat> from sin and its consequences, going to hell for it, is the supreme good of man and should be sought after above all things, prized beyond all that God has made. Salvation for us and our children, our families and our friends. To be able to miss out on the penalty of hell and to go to a glorious heaven. Most people search in the world for temporary gain. They spend their life trying, trying to make the monies that they need. They spend their life looking for moments of pleasure. They often criticize those that don't search for those things. Remember, Christ says that salvation in the Christian way of life is the most certain and the most excellent of all treasures. Yet, most will seek worldly possessions, worldly pleasures, in preference to salvation. Disappointment and sadness go to him who expects to find anything more wonderful than Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.30, but of him, it says, are ye in Christ. Are ye in Christ. But of him is the point I'm trying to drive home here. But of him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption. We're going to talk about those four things. I want to be able to teach you some very important... Why should we have Jesus be our pearl of great price? But of Him. But of Him. That is by His work and His power. It is not by philosophy, not from ourselves, not by His mercy. The Apostle Paul, but of Him keeps it prominently in view that it was not of our wisdom, philosophy, wealth, rank, beauty, etc., that they had been raised to their Christian privileges. It comes from Him and Him alone. So, of those four things I wanted to center in on, what are the most important treasures in life? What are, what are they? Wisdom, first it said. That is, he is to us the source of all wisdom. It helps us keep from making mistakes. You're walking, you're walking down the, the path of life and you come to a fork. Or it might even be a, a, three, a threesome fork. Which way to go? And the way you go makes all the difference. Exercising self-denial, exercising self-control, and choosing the way, the truth, and the life that Jesus teaches us means everything. Be careful. The world offers us low-hanging fruit. All we have to do is pluck it and go down the wrong path. Be so careful. 
Proverbs 4 or 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding how to use wisdom. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. I want to stop right there for a moment. That is why it is so important to have that personal relationship with Christ every day so that you don't forget it. You don't forget it. If Jesus is first in your life, you want to store up wisdom and knowledge in your heart. You can't just hear it once a year and expect to remember it. And when you come to that fork, which way to go? Which way is God's way? So, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her wisdom. Forsake her not. And she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. The most important thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding how to use it. Exalt her. Exalt wisdom. Make it first in your life. Wisdom of God. And she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Please, please consider this for your sake because God, the Lord Jesus, is the pearl of great price. Wisdom was the first one. 1 Corinthians 1.10 spoke of. The second one, it said, the great, great treasure is righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, the, the word of God, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. The word of God gives us how to live the right life and what is right and what is wrong. And you can't trust your own heart. Trust your heart. Trust your gut. No. Our hearts and our guts will lead us astray every time. Our feelings don't be ruled by feelings. Trust the Lord. Trust his word. Here's a verse I want to read to you. Uh, when these kind of verses pop in my head, I've got to believe it's the Lord. So it just was given to me this morning. And if you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 10, please do. This is one of those pearls of great price. This is a pearl. And I just, for some reason, I've got to say this to, out loud to you so you understand the importance of these pearls. Go for the pearls in the word of God. Hebrews 12, 14. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow, follow peace with all men. Get in line, behind it, get behind it, and, and let it lead you to find peace. How do you have peace when you're bitter? When you're bitter, you haven't forgiven. There's something to forgive. 
How do you have peace? Follow after peace. Follow peace with all men. And holiness. Holiness. The absence of sin. Now, I think I shared this with the Wednesday night Bible study. But somebody just dished me. Is that the word? Dissed me. Someone that was a good friend of mine. Someone that I used to do a lot of things with. Someone that I trusted. And they, they came to me and they said, Don't you ever sin. Yeah, I do. But I don't want to. He didn't like my answer. And he, he basically said, you're too hard to be around. Okay, good. Good, don't be around me. You might lead me astray anyway. But holiness is not being perfectly without sin. It's not wanting to sin, to want to live a holy life. But watch how important it is. You see, we in this generation of Christianity... We accept a lot of things that Jesus won't, by the way. We accept a lot of cultural things that so many people say is right. And if you're against it, you're wrong. We accept a lot of bad behavior because everybody else is doing it. Okay? All of our excuses why we aren't trying to live a holy life won't float. Won't float. This scripture here, Hebrews 12, 14, follow peace with all men and follow holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. What? Without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, the book of Hebrews says... The book of Hebrews says things without any candy coating on it. it. says it straight out. Straight out. If you will sin willfully after you have known the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for your sins. What? Hebrews 10. Some very straightforward scripture. But in this scripture, Christians, listen. Verse 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. I, I picture uh, my daughter, Angie. In high school, she was a track star. She was the number one girls track star in Altoona High School. And I had to go to all those, she's not here right now, boring track meets. And sometimes I, I honestly do confess that I took a book. But when you start off on, that, on that, that starting line, you're assigned a lane. And you're assigned a lane and you're supposed to stay in that lane. And if you get out of that lane for the short distance, the hundred, the hundred yarders, for instance, you are, are to stay in your lane. You're not to cross over into another lane. 
And that's what this reminds me of. We've been assigned a lane. Out in front of us is peace and holiness. And if we don't, without which no man shall see the Lord. I don't quite understand all that either. Because forgiveness comes in. Grace comes in. But the book of Hebrews says it in such a hard, hard way. Follow peace. That means forgive easily. Follow peace. Don't have bitterness. Follow peace, kindness. And follow holiness. Stay in the lane behind it. I was also noticing last week, Pastor Rodney and I went into the woods to put up our tree stands. He's really good at following me through the high, high grass. Now, when it's open woods, he doesn't mind cutting in front. But the hot, tall, high grass, where the ticks, where the snakes, where everything that can hurt you are, he backs aside and lets me go. Follow. But listen, some of us are followers and not leaders. And be careful who you follow after. It's, if you're not a leader and you're a follower, you're a follower and you recognize that, be careful. Make sure you are following someone who is leading you in the right path. So we talked about, I'm back on our scripture. We talked about wisdom is a great treasure. Righteousness is a great treasure. Next he said, redemption. Redemption. What? Well, no, next he said sanctification. I skipped a point. Sanctification. What is sanctification? To be separated from our sin. To walk away from it. To be separated from our sin. Right after we talk about uh, righteousness, he talks about sanctification. To be holy. Ephesians 4.24 And that ye put on the new man which after God has created in righteousness and true holiness. And then the fourth point there was redemption. It is by Christ that we are redeemed. What does that mean again? Dutroo. It's a real fancy hard word to spell even. But it means purchased. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. You're not, it's not you, yours anymore to do whatever you want with this, with this, with, with any of it. We were bought with a price. Redemption. It is by Christ that we are redeemed. We are bought with a price. By him that an atonement is made. Atonement? Sin had to be atoned for. In the Old Testament, if you had committed sin and you had, by, the, by, by uh, the Passover, you were to stand in this huge long line and even wrapped out of town and take your little turtle dove or take your, or if you're rich, take a lamb. But you stood in line and you took it up to the temple and your sins were atoned for once a year. 
We have a Christ that died once for all. He is our Passover lamb. And our, he is our atonement. It is by Christ that we are redeemed, purchased. It is by him that an atonement is made. By him that we are pardoned. I love that. I love that for all of us to understand that there is a penalty for our sin. We stand at the judgment bar, the courtroom, and Christ is the one that's sitting on the throne. But if we have Christ in our heart and in our life, if we have confessed our sin, it is all pardoned, forgiven, erased off the board. I love that about him. By him that we are pardoned, it's by him that we are delivered from the dominion of sin. Delivered from the dominion of sin. You understand that? Sin, sin just attracts us. Either through eyesight, through touch, through taste, through mind. It's like a magnet that pulls us aside, wants to soak us up into the general, into the general uh, lump of, 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 of dough that we're all going to be the same in this world. This world doesn't want anyone to be different. The world wants us, the world wants us to all be the same. It's easier that way for Satan who runs this world quietly. It is by him that we are redeemed, purchased. It is by him that we have an atonement because of the cross. By him that we are pardoned. And by him that we are delivered from the dominion, the pull, the power of temptation, the power of pleasure. And the power of our enemies. And by him that we shall be rescued from the grave and raised up to eternal life. The power of our enemies. I want to say something here, if I can say it right. Like for all the teenagers to pay attention for a moment. The greatest enemy of godly parents are your friends who might lead you astray. The greatest thing you want out of life right now is to be, have a good friend. But make sure that friend is not an enemy of God leading you away, telling you, oh, you don't have to do that. Oh, you're missing out on so much. Here, just try this this once. Just try. Please understand, we all have those that will try to pull us away from God, away from righteousness, away from holiness. Wow. Rescued from the grave, people that, are, that die not in the Lord, they go to hell. Luke 16, 19, the rich man died and was in hell. They go to, the, we don't have that, we're rescued. Immediately, Lazarus, the beggar who died with Christ in his heart, went straight to heaven and had a paradise glorious there. 
We're rescued from the grave and raised up to eternal life. Even in our church now, I see many, maybe more than a half dozen folks who are here who have tremendous loved ones who are relishing in the pleasures of heaven right now. Rescued from the grave and raised to eternal life forever. When you have Christ in your heart, you have, your eternal life starts now. Having, having the pleasures of Jesus Christ to lead you and guide you. Again, Matthew 13, 45, what did it say? Again, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, is like to a merchant, a merchant man, seeking goodly pearls. And that's something else, too, especially for our, our younger folks who are still searching for the meaning of their life. You're still looking for a purpose. You're still looking for maybe a career. You're still looking for Mr. Perfect, Mrs. Perfect for your life. You're still looking for that. And by the way, they can also be a goodly pearl, a pearl of great price. Your, your spouse, pearls of great price. But we've, when you take a pearl of great price and hold it in your hand for so long, you tend to not give it much attention anymore. You get used to it. The novelty wears off. You've got it, and you're not giving it much attention. Pearls of great price deserve admiration and attention from us. Who, when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Wow. That means so much to me, probably. I want to read to you this little sentence. All people are busy seeking their, what they consider, costly pearls. One wants to be rich and famous. One wants to be honored. Another wants high education but the most are fake, counterfeit pearls. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and everything else subordinate will be added unto you. Imagine the cost of spending your entire lifetime chasing after fake, counterfeit pearls sacrificing the important thing for the fake thing sacrificing the most important things in life for the urgent things in life not having enough time to get to the Lord the word of God to church imagine spending a whole life like that losing out on life as God had intended it to be, going down the wrong path. Anything more worthy to fill his heart and anything more capable of making him happy 
That's what people are looking for. Nothing is more worthy to make you fulfilled and happy than seeking the Lord as your great, great price. Of your, as your great, great pearl of great price. Nothing is more important. Making us happy here and there. Never forget the there. It's all there. I'd like for the musicians to come. And I'd like for you to bow your heads and ask yourself, right now, right now, what's your pearl? What's your pearl of great price? Your priorities, what's the most important things in your life? I'm giving you silent time to pray and to search. Because if you've never found the pearl of great price, it's there for you to grasp, to hold into your hand. And it's there to lead you through hard times and to get you through to the greatest of times. I ask you this question, what is, what are the most, most precious things to you? And is Jesus even in the top three, top five, top ten? I just, I ask you to search your heart and to be honest with yourself and then turn around and talk to God about it. Is Jesus truly your pearl of great price? Did you go and sell all to buy? Are you willing to sell all to buy that pearl of great price? Lord Jesus Christ, you're so great and wonderful and powerful and knowing, all-knowing. You know of us here that don't have you as that first priority in their life. You know who they are. You know who we are, Lord, who put so many unimportant things first. We allow those things to occupy too much of our mind and our heart. You know who we are. And Lord, I pray that you will show us that this morning. That you will cause us, Lord, to sell all that we have and to purchase you who have purchased us. Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know you personally as their Lord and Savior, they know about you, but they've never asked you personally into their heart. Today they want to. They want to ask you to be that guiding light, to be that pearl of great worth, to take over their life, selling out all for you, 
with your help. Lord, if there's anyone like that, right there in their pew, silently to you, a prayer to you, I want to help them. If they would repeat this prayer with all their heart, though, saying it to you, they will have that pearl of great price. They would say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I know the penalty for being a sinner is that I can't go to heaven. Can't have you in my life now. But I know on the cross you died for me. You paid my penalty. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Wash my heart out white as snow. And come into my heart and be my Savior, be my Lord. And with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if anyone prayed that prayer and meant it, would you raise your hand up real quickly that I might see? Lord Jesus, Almighty God, you know our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that most of us here are actually sure should the rapture happen today, they'd go to heaven. But Lord, some of us have backslidden, fallen away. You are not their pearl of great price. So many distractions have gotten them away from you. Lord, I call them to come back and to not take that pearl of great price so for granted. Through salvation, through holiness, through righteousness, Lord, please, please, Lord, bring us back, back to where we should be, following after peace. Thank you, Lord. Be precious to us. In Christ's name, amen.